You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. In case you missed it, my.smrnation.com was launched last week, Mm -hmm. and the reviews are in. All the reviews. All all of them are in. (laughs) Every single (laughs) one of them. And I'm basing the reviews on the fact that uh, the activity that's taking place, the interaction that's happening, the connections that are being made, the messages that are being sent, all point towards it's a hit. I love it. I like it. And there's a lot of people jumping in there yeah, yeah. right away, uh, members that are part of the nation, that they just listen, and that's where we're making the call out to you. If you mm-hmm. listen to the SMR, to SMR, you're part of the nation, so head to my.smrnation.com, mm-hmm. join for free, we'll let you in, um, and there's access to some topical conversations that are happening, mm-hmm. announcements of events that are coming, but then also if you're a member of the Academy or a Mastermind Group or some of the courses that'll be coming, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of information there. Mm-hmm. And there will be more coming out each and every week. And so come join us. Yeah, I'm excited for how that's going to expand and grow. And it's been so much fun to have uh, conversations because I've been hanging out there. Uh, you a, have been. A, a lot. Hey, Pam, every every day. <laughs> hey, guess what just happened? <laughs> well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, we're so glad that you take some time out of your week each and every week to spend it with us. And we want your help. And the way you could do that is you can join my.smrnation.com. Mm-hmm. And jump into any of the conversations about the episodes, uh, ask questions, continue the conversations from things that we cover. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also call us, 214-702-9565 is the way you can get ahead of the, at the front of the line with any questions, topics you want us to cover, mm-hmm. or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Because what we want is this is listener-driven radio, and so you help steer the ship. Yeah, figure tell us out what where you, we're heading. Yeah, tell us what you want to talk about or questions you have or scenarios that are going on in your relationship. Yep. And you also help us spread the word by rate and review, leave a comment. Um, if you're a part of my.smrnation.com, you can invite some people. There's a little way, real simple. Send an invitation. Spread the word to, to the people you know to come nice. join us. And speaking of other things that are coming up and are going on, mm-hmm. registration's open right now for the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. June 17th through the 20th. And it's worth noting, uh, through April 15th is the early bird rate. Mm-hmm. It'll go up after that. Mm-hmm. My hunches will be full before that. Okay. Because with what's been going on in the pandemic and everything, mm-hmm. we're not going for the normal size crowd right. that we've had. So right. it's there's le- limited space. Mm-hmm. And so if you were planning to come and you're on the fence trying to figure out, eh, maybe... Come join us. Go to smrnation.com forward slash getaway. That gets you all the information, how you can register, save your spot, Mm -hmm. and you can call or or register with the hotel to book your room. Mm -hmm. But come join us for four days of a fantastic time with Pam and I and a lot of other incredibly sexy couples. Mm -hmm. Hope to see you there. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation that I had with Irene Fair. Mm Mm-hmm who is fr- over over the pond, I guess you would say, right. yes. <laughs> over in Europe. Uh, and she has a, an interesting take on the different kinds of sex okay. that couples have. Okay. 
right? So there's some that you start off right off the bat. Then you usually may transition to the second one. Mm -hmm. But then what she's kind of talking about, which I think is a fascinating way to frame this, is getting to that third level is is the real goal, right? Because if you stay in the first two levels, it will naturally kind of wane, if not fully die out. Which may be where a lot of listeners feel like they're sitting and there's a lot of, yep, there's okay. a lot of times in married sex where I think we can hit that point where we're wondering what's going on. Yeah. Right. And so her take, I think is a great way to help frame this discussion. Okay. And so it was a great dialogue that I got to have with her. And then coming up in today's extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash SMR Academy. I'm continuing the conversation with uh, Miss Fair, mm-hmm. uh, talking about what is it the stuff that gets in our way from making it to that third level? Mm. What are some of the ways that we need to maybe look at this a little different to get beyond those first two and get to the deeper, more meaningful kinds of sex that she's framing? Nice, no, kind of the solutions to get there, yeah. All that's coming up on today's show. So joining me today on Sexy Marriage Radio is Irene Fair. That, I mean, how would you... Describe. I mean, you're you're a sex therapist, coach. Kind of, you got a you got a presence online. You've got uh, some videos out there. I mean, it's like she you you reside in the world of sex and trying to help people be better and and deal with all that that surrounds. But I mean, is that kind of accurate on how to capture you the cleanest thus far? Yes, very much so. I'm a sex and intimacy coach. Yes, working primarily with couples and women and helping with the sex piece, but also creating the infrastructure that makes sex spontaneous and passionate. So uh, very much a holistic approach. Perfect. And that's very, very well needed in our world. (laughs) Just more and more that it seems like, especially with the pandemic that's going on still uh, around the world, for sure here in the States, that it seems like it's just add this uh, layers of oppression and struggle and structure and, you know, this weight, and I, I think it's really playing out a lot in people's sex lives and intimacy lives. And for many, I think the pandemic created a call to action because everything that hasn't been working in their relationship was highlighted mm-hmm. by the fact that they're now with each other 24-7. They can't make excuses like, I have to travel or I have to work, <laughs> um, excuses for working on their relationship. Right. So, um, yeah, in a way... It, added urgency and motivation for couples, especially to, to work on relationships. And then for some, of course, it added the urgency to split up as well because they saw that it's not working for that. Yeah. It, it, it uncovered a lot of those things that are just there. Right. And it seems like if we can keep the noise and the busy and the distraction, then we don't really have to deal with the there. But once that goes away, you kind of come face to face with life in a different way. So, yeah, absolutely. so here's where I want to go with you, Irene. Um, you you had a framework on a video that I saw that was that was a, a, just an in depth talk about the whole idea of the different kinds of sex. Like you, you've categorized it into a couple, like three different types of sex, and I'd love to just walk through that and unpack it because I think it captures an idea that I think the audience will likely be a little surprised thinking maybe I'm further along in these categories than I thought. And lo and behold, maybe I'm not. So kind of explain that. And then let's, let's unpack each one. Great. I'd love to do that. And first I want to 
frame this around the, the big idea um, behind separating sex into these three types. And the big idea is that the sex that we have in the beginning of the relationship is, and the things that, that make up that sex is not what's going to help us sustain sex long-term. Right. And that at some point, there are specific two types of sex that actually die out, that naturally die out in the relationship. And it's really important to understand that um, sex will naturally die for most couples. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing. Okay. Because it's the starting point, the birthing of this new type that's sustainable, that works for couples in a long-term relationship specifically. When I started working with couples, I started to see these patterns. Um, and I experienced this myself in my own marriage, where in the beginning of the relationship, there's this excitement and heat. And the libido between men and women looks the same. Both are excited to, right. to have sex. They can't keep their hands off each other. But then... There's a shift that happens over over time, sometimes over a couple of months, sometimes over a couple of years, where there's less passion, there's more responsibilities, there's less connection, there's more resentment. Right. And I call this piece kind of the drift. Okay. And the drift happens towards passion basically dying out altogether mm -hmm. and couples doing it, um, just going through the motions. Right. So the... The three types of sex uh, explain what happens to couples. And um, I'm going to go through the timeline. Okay. Just a general timeline of relationships right. to, to separate these types. People will see themselves in each, in each stage and then identify the, the motivators for sex and also the killers so that they end up not recreating the same problems. Okay, perfect. So in the beginning, when a couple gets together, they're excited, there's newness, there's uh, sexual attraction, there is attention from each other. So at this stage, passion happens naturally. Mm -hmm. And the type of sex that comes out of this stage is what I call friction sex. Literally, it's all about the physicality of it. Wanting to have that physical contact, contact right. can't keep your hands off each other. Right. And this is very passionate and very exciting. And yeah. um, like I said, libido here looks very similar in men and women. Both want it. And, and you could also, I'm, um, I, I'm guessing, add in the component of it's existent in both of them, too, because it does seem like part of the passion you're describing that will naturally wane is the whole way we perceive our own libido. Because can't we amp that up on we've got the biological, right, of the endorphins and the, the chemicals that are going on and the pheromones that can be going on. Mm -hmm. And then we can amp that up by the way we're viewing it. And then when it starts fading, we can d diminish it even more by the way we view it, like something's going wrong. So I love the way you're framing it as that's a natural thing that's going to happen. Exactly. It's a natural thing. And we have to recognize that we, we can enjoy it when it's there <laughs> Yes. and understand that it has a, a limited shelf life. Okay. But it's going to, way naturally but without understanding this what happens is that couples will naturally see these diminishing returns in their passion and they'll panic right they'll wonder they'll start wondering like is it them is it is it you know is it me is it you is it us is it our relationship maybe we're not attracted to each other maybe um this is not the right match right and so that 
even um, exacerbates the 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 dwindling of passion in that right. stage. But there's a couple of other things too that naturally lead to the death of friction sex in a relationship. So friction sex, because of the excitement and the passion, is what I call good weather sex. Okay, it happens when. When everything falls into place, everything is great. You're in the mood. You know, no one does anything weird that that sets the mood off. No one says anything <laughs> that's a, too heavy. So everything has to go pretty, pretty perfect. Right. It's just like a casual thing that it just naturally will unfold. Exactly. And um, but what happens is that when when it has to be so perfect people end up not speaking up around their needs or wants. Right. So they start to hold back, which dampens the passion because they're not really fully there and they have a wall up. And um, the the emotional connection doesn't have a chance to develop if the walls are up, if people are not really sharing what they need. And this is especially true for women at this stage. Women won't say what they really need because just, oh, the passion is so great. I don't want to ruin the mood. Mm-hmm. I don't want to scare the man. But then what happens also is that the sex gets repetitive. You're just doing the same thing over and over. Because, well, it was exciting the first time and right. the second time and the third time. But by the 15th time, even, <laughs> you know, fifth time, it starts getting repetitive. Okay. And so here again, couples start to freak out and, 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 and worry about the relationship because what, the passion is going away. We're doing the same thing and we're getting diminishing returns with each time. There's just less passion, less excitement doing the same thing over and over. Right. And the, the key here to acknowledge is that in friction sex, because it's about the excitement and the passion, there's little room for talking about your needs. Okay. It's too vulnerable. It's too much like it's um, it exposes you. And that also and seems it, to be that the, the same kind of thing you touched on earlier, where it's it's like we've got this this freedom in this flow going. And if I speak and make it too vulnerable or too intimate, I will disrupt that. You know, it'll be it'll be waves in our journey that I, why would I want to rock the boat when it's already fairly smooth most of the time? Exactly. And in the beginning, the, the hormones that are raging are there to actually make sure that we hook up with a partner and mate and, and prolong our species. Right. So all the hormones in us are telling us, don't tell the truth. Don't say anything. <laughs> don't walk the boat. Just keep, keep it going. going. Yeah, just keep it going like it's going. We're good. Okay. Exactly. Okay. But again, this is limiting because yeah. in the end, we all have needs. We all have things that don't go as we want them, that create disappointments. We all need emotional connection. Right. And without those things, this kind of sex ends up being transactional. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, let's go down this journey to orgasm. I get what I want. You get what, I, what you want. You know, I rub my back. I rub your back. You rub mine. But then the passion is already gone right. once, once you're down that road. Right. And, and, Couples will try to, uh, they'll spend a lot of money on toys and try different positions and do all these things to add more excitement and pleasure. But these are just, um, 
they're, they're not going to really do anything. Right. Because they're little stop gaps and attempts to maybe recreate something that we can't really recreate in that relationship. It's what you're describing. Exactly. Right. Like if, as, as friction, friction, sex is dying, it's important to just let it die. Okay. Because there's not going to be to resuscitate it, except drugs and alcohol. Okay. Couples are able to maintain friction sex even for decades under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Okay. And couples that I've worked with, once they decide to have sex sober, they have a very hard time mm -hmm. because it's a whole different um, landscape. Sure. Needing communication and connection sure. that isn't there. But let's say a couple is naturally progressing from just that initial stage of the relationship towards a deeper relationship and um, falling in love. Then they enter this new stage, the limerent stage, and they also enter a different kind of sex, okay. which is what I call validation sex. Okay. And what happens when you fall in love is, of course, you are love struck and you see your person as the, the most beautiful best person in the world and there's a lot of validation happening because when someone sees us like that we feel important absolutely we feel cared for we feel, right we're the best we are the, this person's person right like someone gets right. us I, and we like the us. way that we look through their eyes right and and exactly. it, it just and boosts it us good. yep it boosts us and so here, sex becomes about validation. It's about it's wanting to give to the other person because it makes us feel good and they love us more for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and in validation sex, you can have a lot of passion. It, it can be sex that's very that, that's love infused, that there's a lot of giving and generosity. It can feel like a warm blanket. It's kind of the epitome of making love to each other. Right. So it's a, it, it's a beautiful stage and very nourishing. There, there's merging. Um, there is, again, lots of connection. But the problem is that through every action, through every word, desire, or request from our partners or to our partners, we're seeking validation. Right. We're, we're asking questions. Do you love me? Do you desire me? Am I important to you? Do you care about me? And here's the thing. In the beginning, almost always the answer is going to be, yes, I want to have sex with you, which is, you know, I want to validate you. Right. But as the relationship evolves, there's going to be times when we're pissed off at our partners, mm -hmm. when we are tired, when we are not in the mood. And with each no, with each rejection, it's going to send the signal, I don't care about you. Right. I don't want you. You're not important. And so it, it starts to, to be like this, this warm blanket, this validation, this love is taken away. Right. And here couples will start to demand validation from their partners. As uh -oh. opposed to wanting it. Yeah. Maybe. Now, now we're getting uh -oh. into, we're getting into some struggle area for sure. Cause this is, there's a major conflict that's about to happen. Absolutely. And this becomes then the battleground for attachment wounds. Okay. You'll have the pursuer, anxious type, 
feeling like they're not getting the connection they need, pursuing the, the other person who's likely to be the avoided type, mm-hmm. who is uh, running away. Yep. And it creates this pattern with a lot of anxiety, with a lot of loss of self-esteem. Then sex turns from an area of and um, connection to this, like this place where couple where couples are in a gridlock. Right. And again, there's a lot of anxiety. There could be fighting, a lot of fighting, and in this pattern of there's a pursuer and there's the avoidant, or there's couples who will just resort to cuddling and being nice to each other and becoming roommates mm-hmm. because this area is too anxiety producing. Mm-hmm. And underneath all of this is a lack of security, both outer security in the relationship, but also inner security, feeling very insecure about themselves. Okay. That starts this problem. Right. So I know, so, I know yeah, Irene, to, to interrupt you just real quick, I know that, um, you know, so you're in Europe is where you're located. Uh, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with this phrase, but this came from an old co-host years and years ago, but here in the South and in the Midwest, the way you can describe this concept when it gets at its worst is it's two ticks with no dog. <laughs> right? I love it, yes. <laughs> right? That you're, but you're needing something to get stuff from, but you got nothing to latch on to because you both are trying to, to just suck each other dry. And I think we start to recognize this whole concept of hold on. Now, what was once appealing and edifying and i would love to give that to you now it can kind of have this air of desperation this air of leechiness this air of clingy you know and i think there's parts of us that's part of our own survival mechanisms i think that are like i don't know if i can get involved in that so it's not necessarily a conscious no i don't like you it's more of just a reaction to it too Mm -hmm. yeah and they're no longer fighting about sex right they're trying to get some semblance of, um, I don't want to say control, but some semblance of, of getting their needs met. Right. Some semblance of like, I can, I can have what I need, but they're not actually getting anywhere. Like right. you said, they love right. the two dicks with dogs. <laughs> they're fighting each other. Yep. But they're not actually getting what they need. And one of the, reasons why it's really important to celebrate the death of sex is that we have to recognize that the patterns are the enemy here, not, not us, not the partners, not right. each other. And the, the key pattern to understand we're going at each other. We're not actually getting what we need and we're not the enemies. Right. The pattern is we've gotten caught in this. We have to okay. untangle this. So where are we trying to get to then? What's, what's the, as I love the I love the phrase you just said, celebrate the death of sex. That's an oxymoronic statement if there ever was one when you're talking about married sex in a show called Sexy Marriage Radio. But I'm going to agree with what you're talking about because it's a natural path process that you're describing. So where's the th- what's the third then? What's the what we're all really striving to get to? Maybe we're not even aware of it though. How do you frame that? So when sex dies, you celebrate it because it actually has run its course and we've run 
basically up to this point, up to the death, we've been running on expectations, on assumptions, and on biological motivations. Right. And so the sex dies, it actually opens the door to creating a different kind of sex. Okay. Not, not one that's based on biological needs and um, motivations. It's not based on waiting for the mood to strike. Right. Or leaving sexual desire to chance. But it's really based on a deliberate process of getting to know yourself, getting to know your partner, exploring what each person needs and wants, and creating an infrastructure that works with the couple, that works with the evolution of the relationship. Okay. And I call this type of sex connection sex. Okay. Because it's predicated on the connection. It's learning how to connect to your partner from a place of knowing yourself, knowing how to advocate for yourself mm -hmm. without uh, manipulation, without falling into the patterns that I mentioned and recognizing that this person in front of you, they're more than your husband and wife or wife. They're more than your partner in your household or you know, mom or dad. They're an individual person mm -hmm. with desires and needs and wants and preferences and moods and feelings and all of that. And really getting to know each other like that as individuals, really seeing each other and building that connection. And this is, um, I love David Schnarch's work and I love how he talks about sex with your eyes open, mm -hmm. but this is very much sex with your eyes open. It's being able to look at each other, being able to look at yourself and being able to truly connect from this place um, of individuality. Mm -hmm. And there's three areas that I talk about that are very important to creating this. One is creating a securely functioning relationship. It's the security and safety piece of a, of a phrase that I use uh, for the environment that needs to happen, which is a safe to be risky environment. Okay. We need to create safety in a relationship so we can be risky with each other, so that we can really say the vulnerable things, so that we can really open up and put our walls down. So in this type of sex, any there's so much trust, there's so much openness that vulnerability just flows. Right. And we're able to not just do the physical uh, act of sex, but really show ourselves our passion, the, the full enjoyment of sex, the eroticism, which is very scary for so many people to really let their partners see how much they're enjoying themselves. Right. And we're, yeah. uh, so I'm going to put a pin in this just real quick, Irene, because I think that right there is probably something worth exploring more in detail uh, in the extended content here in a, in a couple minutes. Yeah. Cause I think it's interesting because you're describing a process of knowing ourself more and our partner. Right. That that's. And so I think that's worth exploring in a greater detail, because the things that are immediately coming to my mind, if I'm thinking through just the, as a member of the SMR nation. OK, how do I do that? Right. <laughs> because it's there's, there's so much stuff. There's reasons why I've I've settled for validation or friction sex for so many years and then wondered why there's something going wrong. But you were also mentioning um, there's a couple other things that are worth noting. Uh, with the connection sex, right? So what were the other two? So first one, securely functioning relationship, creating that safety. The second one is the 
courage to be risky in the relationship, okay. to take emotional, to speak up, to say what you want, to say what you don't want, mm-hmm. to say no to things that, that don't work for you. And this risk is what creates passion. Right. Because think about the passion in the beginning of the relationship with a new person. Everything is a risk. Asking someone out is a risk. Yep. Sharing something about yourself is a risk. That's where the passion is. So we want to recreate it, but we okay. want to do it intentionally. We want to do it consciously. And the courage to be risky in the relationship is, is an, it's an intentional choice. And the more you, you're willing to, to do that, the more excitement is going to happen in the relationship. That's where the passion is. And a big way to be risky in a relationship is to honor and maintain a full tank for you to really take care of yourself, Okay. to take care of your emotional self and physical self. Because one of the ways that we get caught also in validation, self, in validation sex is that we lose ourselves. Right. We give up ourselves. And again, the flip side is one of the biggest risks that we can do is to take care of ourselves, to really, truly honor what we need. And all of this then leads to the third piece, which is intentionally cultivating sexual desire and not leaving it to chance. And what I teach the couples that I work with is a disciplined approach akin to making a, a practice like yoga or meditation, doing things deliberately in your relationship, making time to be with each other, not as husband and wife, mother or father, but as boyfriend and girlfriend, taking time to explore each other, each other's bodies, talk about feelings and emotion, talk about Mm -hmm. desires, very important, taking time to do that. And again, deliberately setting aside time, not leaving it to chance, not leaving it till the end of the day when you have no energy left. And somehow you're still expecting amazing sex and your partner being so excited for you when you have nothing left. Um, So creating a very different approach um, that makes time. And I want to add one last thing because also one of my areas of expertise is women's libido. This approach to sex is what creates space specifically for a woman's libido to thrive. It's that space with pressure to explore, touch, explore different things, to talk about things, and to get her partner's attention without the rush of the clock, especially for parents. This is so important. Right. This allows her sexuality to unfold the way a flower would Mm -hmm. at its own pace. Mm -hmm. And this is incredibly important. This is where so many women um, lose out in long-term relationships, especially when they're parents. There's not enough time for her to take time. Okay. And so this approach accounts for that. You deliberately set aside time to also practice sexual practices outside of sex. So removing the goal from sex, Mm -hmm. like it's not about penetration or orgasm, but let's explore, let's play, let's just be with each other. Right. And that creates that passion. So the big point I want to leave the listeners with is that connection sex is created. It's built. It's something that you, um, that you make an effort to create the infrastructure Mm -hmm. that then enables spontaneity and freedom and enjoyment and passion. 
I love it. I mean, you're, you're just describing the idea of intentionality of focusing and, and carving out something that, um, you know, it, it's so interesting to me because here's the way I have been framing kind of what you're describing that, uh, I've used the terminology of, if you look at the way we do life in a, in a marriage as a hundred percent, you know, of a, of a pie chart, if you will, um, 90% of what we do with life in a relationship is the drudgery just doing life, right? It's the bills, it's the kids, it's the fa- finances, it's the household, it's the jobs, it's the extended, fa- it's everything, right? But we have that 10% that carried so much weight at the very beginning, like you're describing with the friction, the passion, that it, that seemed like that was the 90%, because it probably likely was, because our lives weren't that overlapped and entwined yet. But it's like we, we focus so much on that 10% to make us feel better about the 90. But that math does not add up, right? So, so how, do you start, how do you start to, like you're describing at the end, how do I carve out some time and I make this a priority and an intentional? I think that's where we need to go in the next segment. It's just how do you do this? How do you start it? Not necessarily here's the framework because it's not going to work from what I'm reading from you in a sense. It's not a, here's a one size fits all, because if that's the case and you would have marketed this thing, then I wouldn't have been able to track you down because you would have been living on some remote island, the world's first trillionaire, you know, fastest ever, (laughs) because everybody's looking for the key. Um, But on that note of how do- I solve the sex problem. Exactly. I mean, it's amazing. It's crazy. I love it, you know? (laughs) So, um, so- on that note, though, of how people can find you if they want to explore more, uh, tell people where they can find you. Yes, my website is irenefair.com, my full name. And on the website, you'll find a lot of different resources. I have a free three-video online course for women, how to want sex again. As I mentioned, one of my specialties is women. And this is um, especially for women in a relationship. Uh, You'll also find a video talking about the three types of sex as well on there. And there's also, of course, resources about couples coaching and women's coaching. Um, Should anyone would like to? Perfect. Should anyone, yeah, want to pursue that. I love it. Thank you so much for the time you've spent with us in the nation thus far, Irene. I'm excited to continue the conversation here in just a second. It never ceases to amaze me that when we get a chance to interact with all kinds of people from all over the globe, mm-hmm. right? There are other people that are in this space trying to talk to, about marriage and sex and sexuality that um, there are so many voices that are all kind of heading the same way that we're really just trying to help couples face what goes on naturally in all marriages, what happens in sex naturally in all relationships and just break through, get to the other side and experience so much more. Right. Well, we're all human, right? No matter, no matter what, we're right. all language, nationality, whatever. Um, relationships are relationships, and the dynamics are there, and it, is. It, 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 there are no borders there. Conflict is inevitable. Yeah. Struggles inevitable. Peaks and valleys inevitable. Right. And so, what we hope is that this is a time that really did help uh, spark some conversation and. On that note, if there's something that you want to take a little bit deeper or go a little bit of a different way with, we'll be hanging out at my.smrnation.com. There's a topical board about the episodes. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll start a thread there. And if you've got something that's a question or something that particularly relevant that stood out to you, 
Come join us. Yeah. And jump into the conversation and bring a friend. Right. Right. <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, we're so glad that you spent a little bit of time with us. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, here's to when we see you again next time.